and welcome to episode 73 of The Sweet Spot on a Farm. If you never listened to this podcast before, it's all about health and food and because there are many professionals out there who know an awful lot more about it than I do, the point of this podcast is for me to learn from those who know their stuff. I'm looking for answers to how can we achieve healthy body and mind with the resources that are available to us locally and what can we do to improve our health and what and how we eat to support it. My guests come from various backgrounds and are professionals in their field and they all have a lot of valuable information to share. So we talk about their work, their passions and their lifestyles and we share cooking tips and plant-based recipes we can all easily make at home. Now, if you remember in previous episodes, I visited a zero-waste shop in Belfast, the refill quarter, and we talked about how great it would be if there was one in Bangor. And it actually turns out that there is. It's called Lightfoot. And today I'm talking to one of its founders, Paula Hamilton. Hi, Paula. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Great. Good. good. (laughs) We got a really nice day for it. I know. That's good. And Paula, before we start talking about Lightfoot, um... I'd really like to know who you are. Tell me a little bit about yourself and what made you open up Lightfoot. Okay, well, um, I live and um, was um, from Bangor originally. Um, Actually, my background is in special needs care. That's what I did for a long time. And um, then when I had my son, I... um, I then started to have a passion about how we're living and how, you know, our future generation, the way things are are going for them. So I've always had this underlying passion to do something like Lightfoot, uh, just to make a difference, you know, just... um, So I have two partners, Therese and Nina. Um, We worked together in our our previous job and uh, we came together um, with similar passion, similar desires um, for a better future, as I said, for uh, our generation um, by making changes in the way that we shop and how we source our produce, um, how we communicate with each other, um, treat each other, connect with our community. Um, and yeah, so that's pretty much where the, you know, the idea originated from. So, um, and the three of us um, all bring sort of different elements to the business, um, which is great. You know, we, um, we are all very passionate about the environment, um, passionate about um, how things are panning out. And so, yeah, so that's pretty much where the idea stemmed from. Pretty much everyone I've spoken to so far they turn their passions into into business. And I know it's not always easy thing to do Definitely because, not. I mean, running your own business, it's pretty stressful. <laughs> I mean, trying to open up your own business is pretty stressful, never mind running it. Um, probably running it might be the easier part of it. But um, especially in today's environment when everything's very expensive and running costs and... People really look at how they're spending money, but I think if we are spending money, we should really aim at spending it right. And I think that's where businesses like yours come in. 100%. And like you say, yes, there isn't always the opportunity to follow your passion. We 
However, we're fortunate enough, Nina has her um, Morning Glory, um, which a lot of people will know of, her granola company. I think especially in this current climate that we're living in, I think it's really tough times for people. And to have the um, opportunity to go to somewhere like Lightfoot and buy, um, obviously the zero waste is a, is a huge incentive, but I think as well the cost too of... Um, people just not being able to afford to go to a supermarket and fill their trolley. I also think that um, going to supermarkets, and I've talked about it many times before, um, even when costs are rising on everything, supermarkets tend to offer the cheap stuff, the food that seems very cheap, but the cost of it is that eating cheap food doesn't really make us healthy. And unfortunately, when budgets are shrinking for families, people don't think about, is this good for me? Is this bad for me? People think about how much does this cost and can I afford to buy it? And supermarkets live on that. They offer the cheap stuff that often is really contributing to lower health. And people don't realise that. It's and I think yeah. this is where the government really needs to step in and start subsidising and start promoting and start helping people like organic farmers to help them get their produce into shops where people can access because not everybody can drive to an organic farm or to a local farm to buy a big box of organically grown locally grown vegetables but that is the way to go and um, I mean buying um, veggie boxes it's actually not that much more expensive than buying the same amount of vegetables in supermarket it's just much better yeah I am totally agree and I think that it is a chain of you know, we're buying from supermarkets, things are mass produced, uh, people are just conscious of their budgets that they're on, um, and then the, the fallout of that is then people's health, because they're not necessarily getting nutrition from their food, so we use um, a couple of local farms, um, and they're amazing, and you can taste the difference in the fruit and the veggie, because it has flavour, and it's not mass produced, and it's, you know, it's not genetically modified, and, and I just, you know, I, it confuses me that, you know, we've, we've come to this, um, this uh, mass produced, huge supermarket chains, that we aren't thinking more about our health and about, like you say, it's not massively more expensive to shop um, and also, you know, supporting local communities and local businesses and small businesses too. I think lockdown has taught us an awful lot. So, um, yeah, so we're very passionate about that. We're very passionate about our diets and uh, health and, um, and looking after each other ultimately, you know, supporting. And it's also, I think, when you kind of get um, involved with places like yours, um, people can start thinking slightly differently about like when you have a garden or when you have a windowsill that is full of sun during the day or full of daylight yeah. people can start thinking oh what can I maybe grow myself so I don't have to buy it in a supermarket and yes the initial cost of setup there is a cost to it at the beginning but there you have groups like 
zero waste free cycle and yes, swapping plants right, and yeah. so people can get their pots and trays and a bit of soil and they can get their seeds from somebody who maybe perhaps bought too many yeah. and you can get growing and you can see that actually you can sometimes grow your own to to actually get a little bit of extra healthy stuff and then it when you grow it yourself it tastes better and obviously it's you know where it comes from you know how it's grown so you know it's good and organic and you know you've not sprayed it with anything and it's i think being able to engage with a community like that it's it's very it's a supportive environment and it kind of encourages people to do a little bit more and i mean a simple thing like growing microgreens for example it's just that little bit that you can do for yourself but also for the environment and i think a lot of people and we've certainly been fortunate on our journey so far you know we're just over six months in um we've met so many people um that are of a similar passion to ours and are um, just um, innovative in their way of um, the way they source their produce, the way they grow their produce. I think in lockdown, we certainly took the opportunity. Again, you said like not everyone has the space to do it, but even window boxes are. But we have a small garden, and uh, it was just. I think over that time, it was a way of people dealing with what we were in you know and it helped us focus on yes we can do this we can grow it even if it's a small patch or or a tray or an allotment if you're people are fortunate enough to have that i i really hope and i think it has changed the way that people are shopping and the way that people are you know putting food on their on their um tables and um you know how it gets from wherever they've bought it to the table and yeah, I think it's it's hugely important. I do think that once you taste the homegrown, you kind of realize what difference it is to shop and for pre-packed vegetables in a supermarket. It's not organic. And then yeah, you taste your own. And then it's hard to go back to buying the cheap stuff from the supermarket. And um, I kind of, I am hopeful that people, when they start doing this, it kind of encourages them to continue and to maybe seek something that's locally grown I think as well people I could be wrong but I think people relate organic to cost I think ultimately people think because it's organic it is going to cost more and in a lot of cases it does but I think you mentioned it's not always a huge amount more in cost you know but it then you have to take into consideration how it's been farmed and, and what those people have used you know for the the you know to grow the produce so it's taken more time and energy for them so you know it does ultimately cost a little bit more but in the long run yes it 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 just tastes so much better it's so much better for you as well and like i say we're keeping the farms and the bakers and all the small businesses that we have here in northern ireland you know we're, we're, we're supporting them and that's surely what we should be doing and that's one of the um, many points um, and ethos of Lightfoot, isn't it? To encourage people to shop local and promote local businesses. So I've noticed that a lot of the goods that you have in the store come from local businesses, as local as possible. How difficult has it been to source all this out and get involved with local businesses to fill the shop? Well, I would have to... Um 
bring Nina in at this stage. Nina now, because having the Morning Glory business, would have had a lot of contacts and from her background of being a chef, um, was already in, in, we were so fortunate in that sense because she already had quite a lot of contacts in those areas, so the, the farm, uh, the bakers, uh, the local suppliers. Um, so we kind of had an in with Nina, uh, which was great. And um, and then um, others outside that would have been either we've contacted them or we've um, been uh, recommended them, word of mouth, or we've found them. Um, Therese does a lot of research as well. So, um, yeah, I think diff- different reasons of, of how we've been fortunate enough to become upon the, the suppliers that we use and they are amazing people really I've, I feel fortunate that we have the opportunity to work in the community of small business yeah I'm pretty sure that it's helpful when you have those sort of connections but it's really nice when once you kind of start the chain people start recommending and the word of mouth really really works especially in smaller communities it's huge it really is and like you say somewhere like Bangor um, it is you know uh, across the board markets and things um, once you start to make those relations it's really special because then you you know you continue that on um, when we're talking to customers you know we're always mentioning oh we got this from here and oh, these suppliers are amazing and you know they've all got a story behind what they do and that makes it really special too it's the ability to connect to a product isn't it when you kind of when you're buying something and you're you're eating something and you perhaps met the person who made it or you know where it's made and you've been there or you know somebody who knows them, it kind of makes it really special. It makes it really nice and tight and I think it makes it better experience for the customer as well, knowing that they're investing into their own community that they live in. And it's worlds apart from walking into the big supermarkets. It's it's like night and day, you know, it really is. So um, we feel very fortunate to be able to share that with our suppliers and also with our customers as well. You know, our customers are amazing and supportive and just to have time to talk to them and get feedback from what they like to see um, and just their general feedback and their, and their general chat is lovely as well. Do you have sometimes maybe even customers like you're recommending products to stock? Yeah, we do. And and what we tend to do on that is that if we have enough people requesting a certain, because obviously, we, you know, you can open up your shop to all sorts of things, but it's not going to necessarily sell. So we have to keep that in mind too. So yes, we do. We have a, we have a, a sort of list, a shopping list um, in the shop that we add to. Um, if we have enough people ask, so you know that feedback's very important because obviously that's you know the customers we want them to be happy and we want to try as much as we can. Now, Lightfoot is a zero waste shop. So, what exactly makes it zero waste, and how do you how do you keep that sort of zero waste theme going through getting producing and selling products and how difficult is it to keep it that way because I've 
what I've spoken to people before, sometimes it's very di difficult, maybe if it's a bigger supplier, to kind of persuade them to supply something maybe in a bigger containers or unpackaged. And I've noticed that your shop is mostly things are loose in bigger container containers yeah. and people yeah. can bring their own bags and jars and, and refill bottles and put that into reusable um, containers. Yes. But not everything can be sold that way. So how do you deal with that? Again, I would have to um, mention Therese and Lina here because they put a lot into the research of, um, I mentioned there about you know Nina having the contacts with suppliers um, that she would have used in the past or also that she has found now suit our shop more and again Therese would work tirelessly on looking for as much as we try to uh, use compost you know we use compostable um, boxes and bags we obviously have them on offer if people are coming in and they want to trial things or or they're just out for a walk and they've stumbled upon us and they want to pick up a few things and they haven't come prepared so we have that as an option um again i'd say research is is the main thing it's it's kind of doing your homework um and looking into the best way uh the more uh economical way of what we're buying in and i think now that we're through over six months we're starting to get into a pattern of ordering and where we're ordering from and how much we're ordering because the customers their um you know their shopping pattern is kind of helping us gauge a bit better whereas at the beginning we were literally looking for um local um businesses um and kind of going with what we thought customers would like to see so as time's gone on that's got a bit more fluid so we've got a better idea of, of what we supply and also um as, as much as the um products that we order in the things that people can take them home in they can bring things from home they can bring their own jars and containers and things from the bathroom we also have things in the shop so people donate their sterilized jars and their empty containers for shampoos conditioners household products so so that's part of it too you know so that we're really cutting down on single-use plastics and yeah so trying to focus on that i love the fact that you have um jars and things on standby so people can refill i actually still i have um, a collection of jars that i still need to sterilize and bring them to but that is absolutely brilliant because as you say sometimes just people walk by and aren't prepared and yet would like to not buy stuff that's in packaging and would like to kind of cut down on that so yeah. that's absolutely brilliant exactly it just gives people the choice then if they or if even they're just coming in a lot of people like to come in and have a feel of what we have and um, what we offer and then go home get all their containers get their shopping list together and then come back so even on those days sometimes people like to pick up a little sample of say granola or a little bit of uh, shampoo or something to try and take home with them so it's nice to have that option um, and also I think when people come in to shop if they haven't been in before they have this sudden what do you do you know because <laughs> maybe they haven't shopped that way before so there's that almost like that 
my goodness, like what? And once you explain it, it's so straightforward. You know, it can be easier, but it's just adapting to a different way of how we shop, you know? And actually, a lot of people would say it's more pleasurable, you know, because you can have time to talk and, you know, and you're filling it, you're taking what you need and you put it in your own vessels or, you know, whatever you're using. It's just a nicer experience. And that's a lot of the feedback that we get. I'd say for kids, it must be a lot of fun to come kids into a shop it. and <laughs> refill their own container and put some nuts kids and love seeds. It. <laughs> and actually, we have um, uh, my children go to a forest school in uh, Clandy Boy um, Nature Rangers, and I've also spoken to their school also and mentioned if they ever want to bring, you know, some children or they're doing um, projects on you know the environment that they're more than welcome to come down and explore and the kids can have a little shopping experience and see how it works so to try and incorporate it into brilliant yeah yeah try and incorporate it into you know the education system too oh that would be i think every school should do that so if you're a teacher or a headmaster or if you work in a school please persuade your school to bring their kids to lightfoot come on darling (laughs) i think it would be yeah be nice for because like you say kids love it you know as little toddlers come in and and they're just kind of wowed by you know all the the containers and you know and they're and they're great you know they can get involved and there's a few little toys in the corner that they can play with and you know they can just kind of freely be in the shop where there's lots of other environments to go in to shops and parents are like oh you know don't touch that and you know so you know just just feel comfortable so that's nice to be able to offer that too and it's a great way to kind of um build this sort of way of thinking into kids while they're still young to, to show them this is the way it needs to be and this is this is the normal way this is the usual way this is how we shop this is having everything wrapped in plastic is not what living should look like and what shopping should look like this is the way it should look like yeah and i think that the next generation are very much about that you know they i think in many ways they could teach us a thing or two you know they're they're very they're very aware um very proactive and um so that's why we something that we'd be very happy to be on board with you know um if any groups wanted to come along and and just just have a little experience and see what it's about and offer us advice or you know any feedback that's always welcomed as well now I should probably explain our listeners what all these noises <laughs> in the background are because we haven't, we have, I should have said that at the beginning, I do apologize, but we're actually not sitting in Lightfoot. Yeah, that's a, that's a coffee machine. <laughs> we're sitting in a coffee shop next door to Lightfoot because Lightfoot's very noisy and busy today. So we are hosted by Coffee Rustler, uh, by the lovely Louise who um, agreed Hi, <laughs> who agreed very kindly to um, for us to sit up and um, and record a podcast here. Um, I have to apologize to all his customers as well because they're all very polite and very kind and try to keep extremely quiet. <laughs> so I do have to thank for that. Um, 
um, which actually I will have to find out more about this uh, place as well later, maybe another podcast, because I've before we started recording, I was chatting to Louis briefly and found out that actually they have locally roasted coffee as well from a place that's like 20 minutes up the road that I've never heard of before, so I have to pick his brain about this. Because it's really great to see that more local coffee roasters are popping up, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's and it's lovely because we are in um in a row of units, um, so we share the um, the row with uh, dog groomers, Lucy, and then of course Josh and the boys in the coffee rustler, and then Albie's on the corner, um, and we have actually had uh, two pop-ups with the coffee wrestler um sunday sarnie clubs with them so it that coming together that community is huge to us so big shout out to them they're they're great i think it's really important for small businesses and especially now when things are so tough for everybody to help each other and to kind of give each other the boost and work together rather than against you know like i, I sometimes feel that it's not like that anymore, but it used to be, and especially in big cities, that businesses are in competition with each other, but you don't achieve anything that way. I love, in Northern Ireland, I love the fact that small businesses, very much like farmers, work together and help each other grow rather than working against each other, and that's so important. And, like, what a better time, you know, than now. There, there isn't a better time, really, because... Um you know we are struggling the economic climate is crazy and people are people are slightly frightened as well and the media don't help with that you know they stir us up into a frenzy so to be able to reassure customers and for our uh, suppliers to be so reassuring to us as well I think it's you know it's uh it, it comes full circle we all you know we look out for each other and people look out for you it's it's a great it's a great way to to be and I think you can sense it as a customer. You can sense from businesses the kind of the atmosphere and their the whole aura around the business. And I think it makes for a better business. It opens up. It kind of shows that you're, you're friendly, you're community-oriented business. And I think that customers appreciate that. And I think it, you know, it, it, it costs nothing to be nice. And, and surely that, that's what makes people want to come back. You know, I'm, I've often been a believer of putting yourself in other people's shoes. And surely, you know, having a small business that's welcoming and warm and, you know, and, and you engage with your customers and you want to hear what they have to say. And surely that's all part of it. So, yes, that's where we're in a very fortunate position in that, in that sense. <laughs> I think I've seen that recently a few times on social media as well. Um, the quote that um, that says, "In the world where you can be anything, be kind," and that is so true. It's like a motto. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it kind of brings a certain type of customer as well. So it kind of go, goes both ways, isn't it? That customers then are more understanding, and it's kind of the kindness goes. The kindness and communication goes both ways it's not just a one way it's just not just one way road um now when it comes to um zero waste it is not only about community and kindness and lack of packaging but what you started doing recently also is um you started helping your customers recycle the stuff that is difficult to recycle because let's face it not everything can be bought and packaged it's just it's impossible we can't i think living completely without plastic is just not going 
it's not going to happen, so let's be realistic about that. So um, I've spoken um, to um, the girls from Belfast before with um, about TerraCycle. Um, our listeners can find that episode in uh, on our um, on our SoundCloud um, host page. But you've recently took on a big bin from TerraCycle as well to recycle some of the things that um, can't be recycled with the city council. Um, do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Of course, of course. Again, it's reaching out to people who are already established. You know, the TerraCycle um, organization has been going for quite some time and, and it's making it our business to tie in with ways of, of, of doing our best for the environment so as as well as having the refill then all the other elements that we can be a part of and we can help our customers be involved with as well so we have a contact through the TerraCycle um, who um, has been very supportive and has a drop-off point not too far and with their help and support um, set us up with the bin set us up with the advice that we needed uh, recently just for our customers so that they could get more clarification on what actually TerraCycle accept because it is that bit more um, involved if you know what I mean I know we've spoken about this before again it's getting into that way of thinking it's it's not daunting it's not time consuming it's you know it's a way they means there's a reason that we're doing it and it feels great you know that you're not just putting all those like plastics in the bin because you know obviously the council are bowled over as it is um so this is then the alternative to that and like i say we've had the support we reached out to um one of the representatives nearby um Mm. and they were great they've been in the shop a couple of times and and any questions that we have you know i just have to send a message and and they get straight back um so it's again it's just adapting for um, customers and and not to be daunted by it or think oh that's another thing that's going to take up time it really doesn't it really doesn't you just put it in a separate vessel in your kitchen and then all you have to do is bag it up in bread bins if you know if if it's preferable um, in bread bins but um, you know even if people don't have time to do that I'm more than happy to to sort that out once it comes into the shop so, so what can people drop off at you? So you're like a drop-off point for that and then it goes to the collection centre That's right. Um, in Bangor. So what can people drop, drop off at you My that goodness. can't go into their city council? <laughs> I mean, there's a long list. <laughs> which, if people go on to our Instagram page, I did recently post, um, just to help people, to, to make it easier for them, um, I posted a long list. I'm, I'm happy to mention a few things i might go through the whole list <laughs> well i know that the, from what i remember the main ones are definitely um crisps packets and then you have confectionery which is the likes of chocolate bars and um and then you have platis which would be like uh, muesli bars and protein bars and that sort of stuff yeah pretty much i'd say um there's a, only a few things that they don't accept at the drop off so when you said crisps they don't accept the walkers potato crisp, crisp packets anymore I think um, because the sheer abundance of them I think I'm not quite sure why but I think they have you know an abundance of those um, and then other things like um, the Hoovers or Whiskers and the Ellis Kitchens I think it's just um, 
maybe when people donate them they don't have time to clean them out or whatever so they don't accept those but like you say yes they do um the confectionery pretty much all the chocolate and sweet wrappers biscuits cracker cake cake wrappers pringles tubes but they have to be pringles um and like the kp nut packets popcorns pretzels um sweet like the ferrero rocher sweeties um, so it is there. It is a bit more specific because then people have to, you know, they're taking time out to do the sort through. Uh, but I did put um, a little list of um, the, the the you know the TerraCycle recycling list on our um, Instagram page if people want to have a little look. Um, just as a reminder, it's handy to have. I'm pretty sure anything that helps reduce the amount of stuff that goes into the black bin yeah. is much appreciated. I know that since we started TerraCycling, um, that would be quite a good few years now, since way before the pandemic. Um, I couldn't get over the fact that um, we only need to put out our bin like maybe once a month. We do it every fortnight just because of the smell, but yeah. we literally... like our bin in the kitchen before I put it out I only put it out every two weeks just so I put a fresh bin bag in but it's usually like if it's third full then it's a lot into like we don't full we don't fill one full bin bag in a month we just don't yeah um which is incredible yeah it is it's fantastic and like I say it is it it doesn't even I think some people maybe feel like it is time consuming and um you know God, they have enough to do in their everyday life and um and that is the case but actually once you get into a system again it's like anything it's like zero waste shopping you know once you get into that way it's 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 straightforward like it is and it makes such a difference it makes such an impact I think if people realized the impact that it made to the environment you know that little bit people oh you know um people have different views but it is that you know those little bits of um input that we're making are huge they really are huge and um and the more of us that are on board then obviously the better now um um i think it might be a good idea to maybe let people know people who've not visited lightfoot yet um could you maybe give us a quick overview of what kind of products um, people can buy in your store, what they can expect. And also if they have something to share, like the jars, what type of things they could maybe bring in for others to be able to use. Of course. We, we like I said earlier, we just try to cover a whole range of what people might like to see. And and again, um, you know, if, if, there, if there is a particular thing that people would really like to see, um, we will try and get it in. But we stock uh, dried fruits, a whole range of dried fruits, um, obviously a huge range of granola, Lemon Morning Glory granola. Um, we have rices, pulses. We have uh, flour, sugar. Um, gosh, I'm just starting to think we have um, a huge range. We have sweets as well for the kids. Um, we have nuts, um, herbs, loose teas. Uh, coffee beans and then we have again locally um, source um, vinegars oils uh, chili jams and um, peanut butters um, we also make a lot of our stuff in the store as well a lot of our own jams 
and um, chutneys, pestos, savoury tarts, savoury... Yeah, there was a lot of bacon going lots on this of bacon, Lots of bacon, <laughs> lots of bacon. That's um, thanks to Nina again. Um, works tirelessly, bacon. Um, and also then we have the um, cosmetics. So we have like shampoos, conditioners, shower gels, hand soap. Um, we have dog shampoo as well and dog treats um, and uh, dog waste bags um, because, you know, we get a lot of people come through with dogs. Um, dogs are welcome to come in as long as they try and uh, stay away from eating the, <laughs> the goods as long as they can hold themselves back. Um, and then we have also laundry liquids, um, fabric conditioner, uh, washing up liquid, anti-back, um, anti toilet cleaner, um, yeah, so there's there's quite a range of of things, and um, we do stock, like I say, the the fresh produce, so the breads, veggies, eggs, uh, tray bakes, um, and all all sorts of goodies. Um, so yeah, there's there's quite a range of things. Now, um, I was thinking about that the other day and I actually didn't know the answer to that. But say if uh, somebody has, say, a farmer or a market gardener or anybody who produces food or any other product, and if they have a surplus that they want to give away, is there? do you function as a sort of kind of hub for if somebody drops off a crate of something, can they leave it for you to give people Very for free? Very much so. And that, in fact, has happened Um quite a quite a lot people have had an abundance of apples um I mean, just even customers never mind forms have an abundance of cooking apples or um pears um a lovely customer who nina knows um donated loads of beautiful cooking apples and beautiful pears and again took them home the kids were loving them because you know they had flavor taste um a, a lovely lady even dropped a box of quince in which is quite unusual. Uh, so, yes, there is definitely... Um, and then we just... We have the box there for people to come and help themselves. And you can see people's eyes light up, you know. Are these just to take home? And they come back and tell you what they've made with it, you know, um, and share their kind of... Um, their, their gratitude. Um, so, yeah, there is that. And we also have the Too Good To Go app as well, which I don't know if um, you've, you've heard of it before. It's... Um, where say at the end of a day if you if you still have some fresh produce but uh needs to be gone on that particular day but it's still good um i think it's you know a lot of supermarkets would have places that they would hand theirs but the too good to go is basically um when you go on the app we've put on magic bags they're called and they're to the value of 12 pounds but you pay for so you're getting essentially oh, wow. you know um very good value for money and then it doesn't get thrown away you know um so the more perishable goods that would be so that's a great that's that's a great um scheme too so because very much you know um we're about not wasting so it just shows you that life would it's not really just a just a shop it really is a sort of community hub there's lots goes on (laughs) there's lots goes goes on behind the scenes and which is it which is amazing to be a part of that um, we are hooking up with other communities too um, the community hub, the YMCA recently um, just in what we could do to support them and what they do and all their hard work so um, so that's 
that's in the making too. So yes, there's lots of other things. Now, um, I have a couple more questions for you before I let you go. But one of the things I really wanted to ask you is, um, do you have any tips for people who um, maybe are just starting or looking into the zero waste environment environmentally friendly live-in um do you have maybe three main easy tips how to get started i would say definitely sharing your experience with people so like i mentioned when people come in and they perhaps haven't shopped that way before and they've come back and you can tell they're elated you know they they find this new way of shopping and they really enjoy it and they're you know it's not daunting as some people might think so I think that would be one of them I would say sharing your experience you know spreading the word of how much this is benefiting you know the environment and our local community and small businesses um I think um that would be a huge one um not being afraid to explore change um, and just getting involved or asking questions. That's what I love about our customers. They come in and I feel like they they they, they can ask. They, you know, they don't feel... Because a lot of shops you go into can be sometimes a bit intimidating, you know, especially the bigger the shops and the more people there are in the shops. You know, trying to find someone to ask a question, it's, you know, it can be um, not the most comfortable. But... Um, and I think as well, supporting each other in in the the venture of zero waste. Um, that again, yes, it's for a lot of people. It's a new it's a new way of of shopping. Um, but I think just knowing that the supports out there, questions, um, information, um, and I think once you get on to you know, um, for instance, like going on to the Lightfoot page, it opens up all sorts of other businesses and like-minded um, setups. Um, so it, it kind of opens up a, an avenue of, of of other things there are to access. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's the word of mouth, isn't the word it? Of it's mouth. the kind of communication. It's a really big thing. The word of mouth. Um, yeah and just putting people at ease with it as well um having like i say just having that nice dialogue with people when they come in and just to come in and you know just have a look around you know and have a chat you don't have to (laughs) purchase anything you know you just come in have a chat and you know and i think that's that's for us that's that's an important part of what we're doing you know um so yeah hopefully that covered <laughs> yeah I think I think being open up to it is definitely a big thing it's the starting point isn't it it's like any sort of new habit it's just being open up to it and yeah. be to be willing to get started that's the big one to get stuck in it kind of it, it just you just roll into the habit very slowly and then you can pick up more and more tips and just yeah, it's like bit by bit, but it's the getting started point. That's yeah. the main thing. Yeah, and that hopefully that we are approachable for not only our customers, but for other small businesses that if they do want to, you know, come and visit and, you know, want to combine or join forces in any way. And like you mentioned earlier, you know, just working together, that's a big, you know, that's a, that's a big drive for us. 
Um, so yeah, we're we're very much open to. I mean, just even the opportunity today of, of speaking to you is is huge for us. You know, um, just like a small a small idea that I you know thought um, would you know just like you have pipe dreams and you, you you did say about not always having the the opportunity to to to, to live them out and so that yeah it's um it's quite overwhelming at the same time <laughs> <laughs> no um probably the most difficult question i have for you uh, and i asked it of everybody you mentioned you also um stock fresh goods like vegetables and yeah. fruits um paula have you got a favorite vegetable and actually do you cook do you like cooking what, what do you eat normally? i will have to be honest i was um Yes, I loved baking, and as a kid, I loved baking and loved cooking, and and I've kind of lost my way, but really want to come back, especially now with the shop and with Nina's flair and her experience, and you know, I sort of just I love I love that you know you can just put the ingredients together and just come up with something amazing, and she does that a lot. So we have discussed, you know, me maybe helping out starting with like peeling some veg and stuff but just to get the experience of getting back into that flow again I think things that happen in your life for whatever reason you get out of the way of certain things that you used to have passion about so in answer to your question yes I do love cooking but I have got out of of the way of it and I have recently stopped eating um meats um I've you know I've personally I've, I've just gone off the taste and also um yes I think for reasons of um everybody's got their own personal reasons I think if if people eat meat and they and it's farmed sustainably I you know um nobody's in judgment but again like you, you said at the very beginning about the supermarkets and how things are farmed and you know um yes so that has put me off so yes I do love vegetables um to to name one favorite vegetable is tricky um i do have um you know i love cabbage i love asparagus and um i do i, do, I love both fish, so that's a really hard question <laughs> to have to answer um, I, i'm not sure if i can pinpoint one particular fish <laughs> i'm sorry i might have to um <laughs> pass on that one sure, cabbage is a good one actually i love cabbage too i've been doing way too much fermenting recently actually oh, we have sauerkraut crawling out our windows yeah yeah it's brilliant though it's it's such a yeah so yes i am um, i would feel a bit biased if i mentioned one <laughs> so yes are you worried that the vegetables will come back so, yes. <laughs> so i'm just gonna pass on that one <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll forgive you. <laughs> Thank well, you. I have actually have a little gift for you to make your cooking easier. Oh. Um, since you said you're trying to get back to it, you just find it. I brought you um, brought you a little present, which is um, the Swiss food cookbook. Oh, what? Um, so hopefully, <laughs> so much. It might give you some ideas. This could be the start. This could be the re, <laughs> the, the, the re, the re, re-spark. Hopefully you find some uh, nice things there to try and cook. Wow. I, my personal favourites are the soups and the curries. Oh, this is um, fantastic. Thank you so much. For curry. <laughs> wow. You will have to come. You might visit. even stick the cabbage into something. I was going to say, you'll have to come and visit me. 
um, in a couple of weeks just to check up and make sure I've made at least <laughs> one thing from the book. But yes, this could re-spark the, the, my, my cooking passion. Hopefully, so thank fingers you. crossed. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're very welcome. Uh, now, before I let you go completely, um, would you tell our listeners where you are and um, how they can contact the shop or your social media handles and that sort of It would be a pleasure. We are... Um, in Bangor, uh, it's the address is Unit One Twenty Six, Twenty Six Central Avenue, um, and it's um, die. It used to be an old bank actually. Um, so there's four units on on our row, and um, so yes, we're down Central Avenue, down past the church on the right, and uh, we have a, a an email address, and we like I mentioned, we're on Instagram and Facebook. If you look, if you just type in Lightfoot, L-I-G-H-T, um, and then our um, telephone number, yes, yes, is 0289131380, and we also have a website. And what are your opening hours? Like, when can people come and visit the shop? So we're open six days from Monday to Saturday, and we're open from nine to five. Coming up to Christmas with um, any change with, you know, coming up to the holidays and things, we just let our customers know on our uh, social media pages and on our website as well. Um, we have uh, just got Shopify up and running too, so that's something else that customers can check out. And, uh, yeah, any questions or uh, if you want to give us a buzz or if you want to call in, yeah, please do. We'll be more than happy to answer any questions and have a chat. Amazing. Thank you so much, Paula, for the chat. Thank and you. I'll so definitely much. come check on you in a couple of weeks Please and I'll bring the jars. Please do. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. If you live in Bangor and haven't been to Lightfoot yet, call in. Whether you are thinking about living a bit more eco friendly life or whether you've already started, there is something for everyone from products to a chat with one of the founders. As we mentioned, it is all about the community and helping each other. So don't be shy, call in and say hi. And you can also pop over next door to Coffee Wrestler for a cup of locally roasted coffee. And if you are a dog owner, both Lightfoot and Rustlers are dog friendly. Now, food. I was thinking really hard about the recipe I would share with you, given that Paula didn't really want to make all the other vegetables feel really bad if she named just one. But uh, Paula rescued me and she did share a seasonal biryani recipe with me. Um, it is by a local food professional, Kim Close, who works on recipes for light food at times. It sounds absolutely lovely and I hope that Kim doesn't mind us sharing it with you all. So here it is. Seasonal vegetable and chickpea biryani with crispy cauliflower leaves. Ingredients are 2 tablespoons of olive oil. One small cauliflower broken into small florets and you keep the inner leaves, just set them aside. You'll need one can of chickpeas, drained, two carrots peeled and cut into very small dice, one large onion sliced, one liter hot vegetable stock, three tablespoons of hot curry paste, two whole red chilies seeded and finely chopped, one mugful of frozen peas, 500 grams of basmati rice, 50 grams of raw cashew nuts, toasted until golden in a non-stick pan, a handful of fresh coriander leaves to serve, and wedges of lemon to serve. 
Now what you do is you preheat the oven to 200 degrees Celsius, you pour the oil into a large roasting tin or oven proof dish and put in the oven for a couple of minutes to heat through. Then you add all the vegetables to the tin, stirring to coat them in the hot oil, season with salt and pepper and return to the oven for 15 minutes until beginning to brown. While the veggies are roasting, you stir together the stock and curry paste. You mix the rice with the veggies in the tin, then pour over the stock mixture. Lower the oven to 190 degrees, cover the dish tightly with foil and bake for 30 minutes until the rice is tender and the liquid has been absorbed. Adding the paste and chickpeas five minutes before the end. Lightly rub the cauliflower leaves with a little oil and bake on a baking sheet for five to seven minutes until golden and crunchy. Check the seasoning, then scatter over the coriander and cashew nuts and serve with naans or chapatis and a bowl of raita. Now this sounds absolutely delicious and it's one of those recipes where you can easily substitute. So if you don't have a cauliflower at hand, it sounds like a no-brainer to me to substitute for broccoli. And I'm sure you can play with other things. If you don't have carrots but happen to have sweet potatoes, you can chuck in sweet potatoes or even parsnips or something like that. Um, I also, when I'm substituting vegetables, I also try to go for similar textures um, because that usually is what matters. Um, But I wouldn't worry about sticking to any recipe precisely if you're missing any ingredients. Just see what you can have that's similar. For example, I usually don't have fresh chilies in the house, but we usually have chili flakes. So I just chuck a few chili flakes or cayenne pepper just to keep... Um, just to keep the spice um, going if it's meant to be spicy food but honestly any dish like this one is super easy to substitute and it really does sound divine so go get making the sweet spot cookbook that I gifted to Paula is also still available and you can message me for a copy or um, it is listed on ebay and if you are in Belfast you can still get a copy in Eat Well Foods on Lisbon Road if you enjoyed this episode or any other please leave us a review or a rating on whichever platform you use to listen to this podcast. It takes about only 30 seconds and it helps other podcast listeners to find the right content for them. And it also helps content makers like myself to find the right kind of audience. And if you have any comments, suggestions, or have a guest in mind that you'd like to hear on the podcast, please drop me a line or social media or email me at thesweetspod at gmail.com. I'm sure you have noticed that the frequency of the podcast has become very low and quite random. Um, Chuggling full-time work and full-time study is quite challenging, but new episodes will keep coming. So just keep checking the various platforms every so often. And for now, try to shop for goods with no or as little packaging as possible. Reuse if you can before you recycle. Recycle what you can and rehome things that you no longer want. And if you find yourself in Bangor, pop over to Lightfoot for some more tips on how to keep your environment healthier. It will help you to stay healthy too. Until next time. As every week, your host is myself, Susanna from The Sweet Spot. Music by Mark J. Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan. Thank you for listening. Thank you.